Welcome to Maker Skills, exploring your internal toolkit with PJ, Tanda, and Tom. Welcome back, everyone, to episode 60. And uh, before we get this episode started, I'm going to give you guys a little prelude. We haven't had any new Patreon members in quite some time, and we need Patreon members because I need to hire an editor. And I'm going to give you an example of why that is, because this episode... I am not going to be editing the same way I normally do. You're going to hear pretty much raw footage of everything that we say and do, with the exception of the commercial, which has to be edited. But other than putting in our little interludes from one space to the next, whatever volume dips or anything else is in there, you're going to hear, just so you understand what an editor actually does. This week's topic is rapping. Tanda? What skill class is rapping? I'm going to say rapping is uh, three bows and a piece of ribbon. Yeah, that, that tracks. That Well, I, actually, that's a little weird. But but okay, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that'll work. And uh, it's time for our history and fun facts. You know, I kind of like going first the other week when we did crafting. I, I'm going to go first again. And I just, I decided to look up the most famous rapper ever and i was kind of surprised by the by the results here it said that number one was jay-z and i gotta disagree i i thought it was going to be either biggie or tupac biggie was number three and tupac was six and i don't agree with that i mean i could see if like they were in the top three you know but what do you, how do you guys feel about that uh, yeah jay-z's thought, number one definitely no nah, i thought the I, top rapper was santa well it Let's be honest, Santa doesn't wrap any gifts. I th- oh. Well, elves. That's... It's all done Listen, by to, elves? To, Is that to, what you're to, have, to have a lady like Beyonce, you got to be a good rapper. Just saying. you got big gifts, you know, with stuff. I mean, I've seen his rapping. It's basically a bunch of, like, tinfoil. It's all flashy. It's like he doesn't use any kind of color. It's like, it's like foil. You know that foil paper? I, I don't... I, I mean, have you... Look, when Tupac rapped stuff, it was in comics, you know, like those those the newspaper comics. Yeah, style. Right. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. So yeah. I'm, I'm just, I, I don't know, I, wrapping everything in colored plastic. I don't, I don't think is, I mean, that's not classy. Just it's not classy. So anyway, that was uh, that was the research I I found. Uh, Tom, what what research did you do on uh, on rapping? Well, I'm gonna take your approach. Um, uh, this week, uh, patrons, this week, the first week uh, where I am not going to do research, and uh, we're just going to see how it goes. This is definitely not the first week you have done. This is like the 87th well, week. Usually, usually all research. of, usually all of, yeah, usually all of Tom's research gets edited out. I thought we were blaming patrons for not doing stuff. That's not how this works? No, uh, no, you just don't do things oh, no matter I mis- what. I misunderstood. I think my audio is clipping. Should I do something about that? You mean it needs a haircut? Well, for everyone listening at home, my volume just went down. Okay. We're live editing. Yeah, yeah. The uh, sure. The research I did was just on edible wrapping paper. It turns out there's apparently a huge a huge market for edible wrapping paper. Oh, but it's but it's fruit. mostly it's, it's mostly for pets, I guess. I was oh, like, that's oh. that's really weird. Why is there edible wrapping paper? But then, as it turns out, it's mostly for wrapping gifts for your for your dog. So that kind of makes sense. I could have swore that was like wrapping paper for couples. That's that was my first thought. But um, but, but I yeah, guess that's not. something. I think that's something completely different. Yeah, I I could tell by the look on Tom's face. He has no idea what we're talking about, Tanda. No. Maybe that maybe that came and went uh, back in the day. Yeah, uh, I never know what you're talking about, but yeah. I like it that way. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, sidebar, Tanda, I, I don't think Tom fully understands the intimacy of wrapping up your partner in paper and then taking it off with your teeth. I think it's totally just lost on him. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that I think that went out before Tom was born. Probably. Yeah. Probably accidents. Yeah. Well. Well. Yeah. But that was part of the fun. You know. I'm just saying. Just saying. Right. Yeah. Oh look, Tom's oh. awake again. How, okay, mm. so um, since okay. it's, it seems like Tom's not going to do any research, uh, I went and I did a little more research on um, 
Yeah, I did double research. You did backup research? I did backup research. Not you for know, you, Tom. You know, that's why we're that's Not why we're you. such a great team. No, that's I did it, I did it for team. me. I did it I did it for for the listeners. I did it for the listeners. So, I looked up when was gift wrap invented. And I was really curious like oh, where this by the was going to come from. the Chinese. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, apparently it was invented in 1917 by the Hall brothers who sold tissue paper during the holiday season for gift wrap. And then uh, they sold it in a shop downtown in Kansas City, Missouri, which is where Ben makes KC lives, uh, until they ran out. And then they quickly turned to something else they had on hand, which was envelope liners. And then they sold that out again. And then a few years later, they were printing their own decorative gift wrap. And this was the first product that Hallmark made other than gift cards. So, well, that's interesting. Yeah, when that's I that. wasn't when I wasn't doing my research, I, I read about uh, ancient in ancient China. They actually among the first things with the paper that they first made, they would wrap monetary gifts to one another, and that was what I thought was considered the first wrapping paper. But was it gift wrap? Like we yeah, know it. it would, was it well, printed? See, that's, I don't know. That's, see, that's if the it question. was printed I, or not. But, I looked uh, up gift wraps. <coughs> like people have been wrapping things in paper for you know as long as we've had paper or wrapping them in leaves or well, whatever. but it was gifts. It was they were wrapped to give as gifts. Right, so it was like to open it up and reveal what was inside. Probably like before there was gift paper, people were wrapping it in cloth. You know what I mean? Like it was wrapped up in like a cloth. Maybe the cloth had a pattern to it, you know, or something like that point i'm getting at is i don't dispute that there was things being wrapped in china i just don't think it's the same thing we know today that's that's like if, if they were block printing their paper and it was gift wrap paper then you know i'm wrong but oh. if, if it was just okay. so you give, know, so uh, yeah wrapping paper as we know it yeah was yeah. invented by what became hallmark the Hall brothers, yeah. I, I didn't know that it was that Hallmark was two brothers. I I didn't know that either. I didn't know that's where that came from. So, I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, and I guess that's that's all our research. You've just entered the dealer's corner where bargains are currency. Prepare yourself. All right, I have got a killer dealer's corner this week. <clears throat> A couple weeks ago, I went to get my cast iron bandsaw from Tony, and then I stopped by Jimmy's place <clears throat> on the way back, just briefly. And while I was there, he was giving me like the nickel tour around the shop, and he stopped at the South Bend lathe, and he's like, hey, if you find another South Bend, let me know. I need another one. Jimmy's got like five South Bends already. <laughs> and he's like, I, I, I just, you know, I need to round it out. So I'm like, all right. So I went home, and I checked Marketplace, and lo and behold, probably the closest deal ever, there is a South Bend 9A four minutes from my house, literally over the mountain, and I was, I was like, shocked. Now, I'm not going to give prices because this is, you know, we know where this went, and Jimmy paid for it, and, you know, I don't want to put that out there, but let's just say... I was not happy with the price as far as it wasn't a deal in my opinion. And in, in the way that if Jimmy didn't want it, like if I was buying it without having a buyer, I would not have bought this because it was not, in my opinion, the best deal. But Jimmy gave me a range. Like, I'm like, what's your budget? And he told me. So I'm like, all right, let me see if I could find something in that range. And this was within the range so I send him pictures. I'm like, is this what you want? He's like, yeah, that'll work. How much is it? And I'm like, let me see if I can get the guy down on the price. So I was interacting with his niece because the guy that actually owned it was a 76-year-old guy who we will lovingly refer to as <clears throat> Uncle Bob because I was talking to his niece. And I said, you know, can I get a little discount on there? And she's like, absolutely not. The price is firm. I said, all right, well, can I come take a look at it? And they're like, yeah. So I called Tom, and I'm like, Tom, what do I need to look for? I've never bought a lathe. You know, what do I? And so Tom gave me some pointers. I 
go over there, I take a look, and, and I should mention, this thing is in a basement, and to get through, get it out of there, you have to go through a baler door. So, I take a look at it, other than being very dirty, and, uh, you know, covered in schwarf, which I like saying, there was a lot of schwarf, uh, it was in good condition. Like, when I brought it to Jimmy's, Jimmy looked at it and goes, was this used? <laughs> It was like it was it, like I guess compared to all the other ones, it, like this was in really good shape. So I look it over. I think, okay, what comes with this? So he had a three drawer metal shelving unit that was about like twelve by twelve by ten, roughly, and it was each drawer had a, open it up, and it was there was a bunch of dividers. And it had all kinds of tooling in there. It had um, a whole bunch of different little cutters. It had the the tool holders. It had a, a, a boring bar holder. It had um, a, a bunch of things that I didn't recognize. But anyway, <coughs> it was, I would say, if you added up, like, all the drawers, there was probably, like, 400 pieces in there. Like, it was, it was a lot of little things, but it was all stuff that you would use with the lathe. And I'm like, all right, that works. What else? And we open up uh, the, the table that this lathe is sitting on is, unlike any table I've seen, it is solid cast iron. Like the top has been scraped. You can still see the scrape lines. And the lathe is bolted like directly, like there's threads in the table that the lathe is bolted down into. And uh, there's a drawer attached. So we open that up. Uh, there is some three-jaw chucks in there. So what came with it was a three inch four inch five inch and six inch three jaw chucks but the three inch was actually on the tailstock and uh uncle bob made a big deal out of this because he's his father this was his father's lathe his father <clears throat> died when he was uh 47 apparently uh he was a full-time machinist but he would come home from work every day and smoke a pack of cigarettes and a six pack of beer i, I don't mean he smoked the beer i mean he, he drank it but but he was down there machining until like 11 o'clock at night, like every single day. And then 47 hit and he had a heart attack and that was it. So his mother just recently passed away. So they're selling the house and this is all his father's stuff. So anyway, he made a big deal over this fixture that was clamped onto the end of the tailstock, which held a three jaw chuck, which was also holding a live center. And he's like, you can put anything in here because you have the three-jaw chuck, not just like the stuff that's taper fit. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. And when I had showed it to Jimmy, Jimmy's like, I've never seen anything like that. And I'm like, well, he made a big deal out of it. So there was a couple of face place, face plates. There were uh, some uh, the T-handle uh, tools for tightening the chucks. And there was some extra um, belt material. The, for the leather belts to drive the machine. <coughs> um, I took a look at the um, the motor, which happened to be a three-quarter horsepower Dayton, an older Dayton, that was set up for 220 <coughs> but would also run on 110. And it had a uh, old-school forward and reverse switch, but that was hooked up to what I could best describe as like a junction box. And he opened it up and showed me, he's like, my dad built this. And I can't even really describe what was in there, but it looked like like a mechanical relay system. Like I, I don't I don't even know. Like it was it was so old school, I, I can't even understand exactly how this guy had the electricity like reversing with the switch. But it worked. Like he turned it on and it worked. So once everything was kind of like set, like I, I I was like, all right. This is this is you know this is worthy of going to Jimmy. Um, you know, I told Jimmy arrangements were made, and then I came back and picked it up. Now I've never taken one of these lathes apart, and of course I ran into trouble, so I called Tom, and, and Tom didn't pick up. So then I called Tony, and Tony didn't pick up, and I called Tanda, Tanda didn't pick up. Basically, I called every person I knew except Jimmy to ask them how to take apart certain parts of the lathe, and no one answered the phone. So <laughs> I did what I always do. I improvised. So I took the lathe apart. 
<laughs> Some things were left on. Let's just say that. Uh, I was taking all of the bolts out for the motor, and then I suddenly realized I had not taken the belt off. And the belt goes from the lathe to the motor, so now it was precariously hanging on by the belt. And I'm like, Uncle Bob, uh, we got a problem here. We got to get this belt off. And I've never seen this before because I'm inexperienced. It is a lace belt, which I have seen, but it did not have a metal pin. It had a fiber pin, which Uncle Bob described as being sort of made of wax. <laughs> and Tom's nodding his head yeah. like, yeah. You can still buy them. It wouldn't come out. It, like no, no matter how much I like, I got a tiny drill bit and I was trying to push it out. It, it wouldn't come out. Like I was, I was trying to do like, like I, I forced the belt together, try to get some slack. I wiggled it back and forth. I went from both sides, n would not come out. And like he was trying to help me too. And then finally, he was like, "Why don't we just uh, cut the belt and then you know you make a new one?" And I'm like, "Oh no, we're not going to cut the belt." So I popped out my pocket knife and I just ripped out all of the teeth for the lacing. And then it came apart. So uh, we took all of the parts off, like the tailstock and the, not the skirt. What's the thing on top of the skirt? The carriage? That's what that's called. The apron. carriage and the apron? The part that's on top is the carriage, or is that the apron? Yeah, sure. Yes. Yeah. That the or, apron. A saddle. The, or a saddle. The saddle. Yeah. So yeah. took that off, took the motor assembly off, took all the bolts out for the lathe, and then very carefully, now, if you're not familiar with what these lathes look like, the one end where the tailstock goes, there's basically nothing. It's just the ways. But on the other end, there's like all of the gears and there's the case cover and there's all these things that can break. So I had a, I had a hand truck there, but I, the heavy part is the part that's also the breakable part. So I had... Uncle Bob hold on to the part where all the gears were, and I swung the, the where the tailstock would be out and then lowered it to the floor, and then we tipped the whole thing forward and then wiggled it onto the handcart, and then I strapped it down. Now, even on the handcart, it was still very heavy. I don't know. What do you think, Tom? What are those weigh, the, the South Bend 9As? Like around uh, 150, 200? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Just the, not the legs, not the just legs, the, just the lathe. Yeah, yeah. Just the lathe. Sure, around there. Okay, so it's heavy. It's like person. It's like you're trying to move a person. <laughs> so you know, an average person. I, I've, let's I've say. never, I've never strapped a person <clears throat> to a dolly and and hauled them out of a basement before. Is there something you're not telling us? Yeah, there's a lot of I've things I'm not times. telling you. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't want you to know everything. So while we were there. The people that were buying the house were showed up and were painting the outside um, garages because the appraiser came by and said he wouldn't appraise the house unless the garage <coughs> was painted. So this, this guy and his girlfriend were there, and the girlfriend had a Jeep with a winch on it. And, you know, we'd been talking just about things in general, and she's like, oh, well, if you need help, I can pull the Jeep around and we could winch it out because it's coming up through this baler door. So we put uh, the... You know those fold the the tall um, closet doors that are that are like maybe I don't know like a foot and a half wide and they're like six seven feet tall, and they're they're hinged in the middle so you can, you know you mm -hmm. can fold them out to make doors? A, bifold doors bifold yeah. doors. Tom, Tom can make three D printed parts to repair those now. I saw yeah. it on Instagram. Yeah, I just did it this week. Well, there was a set of those down in the basement. And Uncle Bob was like, hey, I bet we could use that as a ramp to pull these up through the Baylor door stairs. And we put it down, opened it up, and it was shy by two steps. So then we got a piece of uh, plywood and put that there as sort of like a supplementary ramp, hoping that, you know, that would help. And we managed to get the lathe up with the winch. Of course, it hit that, that plywood and got stuck. So then we had to, like, pull it up and then activate the winch. And we managed to get it over and nothing fell off, nothing broke. Nobody got hurt. Very happy with that. Got that over to my truck, got it inside, no problems. But then we come to the table, the solid cast iron table. 
which... So was this like a cast iron surface plate that he just had the lathe sitting on? I mean, that's what it sounds like. So I mean, it doesn't sound like it was a purpose-built lathe table. It, it, okay. It was not a uniform <laughs> shape. It looked like it was shaped for the lathe. Like it hmm. was, it was not just a rectangle, like where the, uh, the gear change system was and everything like that was all bumped out like that was that was elongated mm. to account for the lathe and then like where it was back towards the tailstock the table was thinner but the entire thing was scraped like you could still see all the machining marks like where everything had been like it like it looked like a surface plate to me like i was talking about i'm like i bet this thing is dead level like you could probably reference anything off of this so i we very carefully tipped up the table and got that onto the dolly. Now, if I had to guess, I think this table was probably in the 350 range, maybe 400 pounds. It was super heavy, and the, like everything was cast iron. I, I don't think there was a single. Well, the the drawer was stamped steel, but all the structural parts were cast, and it was very blocky. Anyway, we tried to do the same thing with that that we did with the lathe. And we got it on the winch, and we were working our way up, and then something went horribly awry, <laughs> and it oh. ripped it ripped the front wheels off of the hand truck. So, uh, <laughs> so we had a casualty. Uh, nothing happened to the table. Table didn't fail, but the you know I need to weld some wheels onto the hand truck now. So, I managed to get that into the truck, no problem. We got everything loaded up. Now I. I didn't tell you the whole time that I'm there, I am like buddy buddying up to Uncle Bob because there's tons of other stuff there that he's trying to get me to buy, but he doesn't want to give me any good prices on anything. Like he had a 1937 Delta floor model drill press that his father had hooked up with a forward reverse switch, original motor, and I'm like, I'd like that. And he's like, nah, I'm going to keep that. I'm like, all right, well, I'd keep it too if that was me. And uh, just so you understand the reference, uh, this is the Delta badge that has the three stripes going from top to bottom, slightly diagonal. And he had a bunch of other stuff there that wouldn't really make me a deal on. But as we're taking everything apart, he starts talking to me and he's like, ah, you know, PJ, uh, you know, I I asked around and everything that people say about you just isn't true. It's just not true. And I'm like, oh, what, that I'm very irritable and hard to work with? No, that's totally true. You just don't know me yet. And, of course, he starts laughing, you know, and he's just so the whole time I'm just like winding him up. And he's just he's you know, he's like punching me in the shoulder and everything, you know, doing like the old guy stuff, telling me stories about his dad. So anyway, we got all this stuff out and I'm standing down there with him and the guy that's buying the house. And over where the lathe was, was this old industrial Burns electric uh, extendable lamp. The kind where it, it has like a lattice work that extends out and then it's got a mm-hmm. ceramic coated green shade. It's like the classic machinist lamp. And so it's, it's screwed to the wall. And I said, I said, hey, hey, Bob, Bob, this, this lamp comes with the lathe, right? And I'm winking at him, winking at him. And of course, the guy that's buying the house is seeing it. And he goes, what, you, you want the lamp? I said, yeah, I want the lamp. The lamp's cool. He's all right, take the lamp. Just take it. Just take it. Then he starts giving me other stuff. You know, he's like, he's like here, I've got this manual. He had a manual for a rivet lathe, like rivet brand. Uh, I know CMAT Make got a rivet lathe from Jimmy, which I don't, I don't know where Jimmy got it from, but I know that exists. So I've got a manual for that, but then Matt traded that lathe to somebody else. And he had a, like an old school, one of those um, like can of beans style flashlights where like the light comes out the side in a cup, but then the top is a rounded over like red klaxon. Like, you know, one of these, like, 1950s flashlights looked like it had never been used. Like, it was all the paint and chrome and everything was perfect. I'm like, that's pretty cool. He's like, oh, you want that? Here, take it. And then uh, he had another uh, machinist lamp that had, like, a, a sconce, like the kind that would mount to a wall. But the sconce was, like, all, um, it was, like, vines and leaves, like, were all in the casting. And then it had one of those bendable arms that came off of it. And then it had a little clamshell where the... The light bulb would go. And he's like, what do you think of this? I'm like, oh, that's beautiful. He's like, here, here, take it. So he's just like handing me stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is like all this time that's paid off, you know, that I've like, you know, been making him laugh and stuff. (laughs) So 
that was that was like the the ordeal in in you know in in a little nutshell there and then i so that was thursday and i had everything loaded up into the truck and i drove it out to jimmy's on sunday and you know i was able to spend a little more time with them than the last trip which was only 30 minutes i was there for like two hours we were at a shop for half the time but i had come prepared because i needed help <laughs> so the set of metal drawers that I bought a couple weeks ago, one of the drawers, the spot welds had broken. So I needed, I needed to spot weld them back together. And Jimmy was literally the only person I knew that had a spot welder. I asked Kyle if he had one. He's like, no. I know somebody that's got one. I'm like, well, can you arrange that? And he like went back and forth. He's like, no, probably not. So I knew Jimmy well, I was, had I have one. a spot welder. I told you you could have driven out. <laughs> sure now you tell me tanda thanks i, I didn't know i would have come there anyway yeah. uh so i had this drawer and then i had the pulley housing for one of the delta band saws also had broken a weld so as we're unloading everything i showed jimmy i'm like yeah i need your help with this i'm like you still got that spot welder right and he goes oh i haven't used it in a while i'm not sure where it is and then he runs into the shop so i follow him in and he's like looking all over the place he's like I don't know where it could be. I haven't used it in a long time. And I literally walk right in. I'm like, oh, here it is. <laughs> He's like, you're kidding me. You found it? I'm like, yeah, it's right there. It's up on the shelf. And it was right above Aaron's workstation. And he goes, he goes, Aaron, of course it's up there. He put everything where it was within, you know, findable reach. So then we're like trying to get that to work. That took a little bit of doing. I did some Instagram stories about it, but we got everything welded and that was fun. You know, it made smoke and things stuck together. And then we're running around the shop and Jimmy's like, um, he's like, oh, here, here, let me give you some stuff. And now here's the surprise for Tanda and Tom. Uh, he gave me these uh, for all three of us. He said, here, mail these to Tanda and Tom. So these are uh, Jimmy's oh, cool. leather, um, leather stamped uh, keychain oh, little cool. fobs. And it says, ask me about my tools, Duresta. So I'm going to mail these to you guys. <laughs> so... And then uh, Jimmy also gave me this, which is a nail scrub brush for when your fingernails are dirty, which yeah, I yeah. just laughed, you know, but that's, uh, that's probably something I need. And <laughs> then he was like, hey, he knows I'm a Delta guy. He goes, hey, you want a Delta scroll saw? And I'm like, I really need a Delta motor. He goes, I think there's a Delta motor on it. And I, and he's, I go over to this pallet of stuff, which one of his guys that finds him things picked a bunch of this stuff and put it on a pallet and sold it to Jimmy. Well, Jimmy doesn't need a scroll saw. He's like, I don't need it. And I look at it, and it's it's like one of those old-school 1930s Delta scroll saws, like the big, giant, heavy ones. Like, it's got like a, I don't know, 30, 40-inch throat. Like, it's huge. And so I go over and I look, and it has an original Delta-branded double-duty ball-bearing motor on it. It's a third horsepower. This is pre-Rockwell. And I'm like, oh, well, this is fantastic. This will this will go great on something. I'm like, yeah, man, I'll take it. I'll just I'll swap the motor out for you know what I need, and I'll, I'll put another motor on here and, and just sell the scroll saw. And he's like, good, good. I don't want it. <laughs> so cool. We loaded that on the truck, and then uh, Jimmy. We went over Jimmy's house, and he gave me the little nickel tour. I got to see the chickens and the barn, and you know, we went and looked in the basement where he's tearing up all the slate and everything. And I got to pick up one of the cats. You know, so, you know, I had the, the whole little, you know, we, cool. we just sat Very and talked. Cool. Um, and then there was a little bit of irony. This is the last little tidbit. So uh, when I had got to Jimmy's shop, he wasn't there. He had to leave because there was a massive windstorm, I guess, the night before. And it had blown down one of the big, tall, like 100 foot trees that was right in his front yard. And it was blocking the driveway. So Jimmy had to cut up this tree, and it was it was huge. And he he showed me when I got there, it had broke from like halfway up, or maybe I don't know a third the way, and come down. And was, so he had was a, this the tree that they were just talking about on making it that they were thinking about getting cut down because it was possibly in danger of falling on something. Yes, that's the thing. Yeah. Like I so I didn't listen to the podcast on my way up i'm listening on the way back and jimmy's talking about the tree that just fell down i'm like yeah. what are the odds what are the odds you know <laughs> so um so yeah that was a, that was a little inception moment there it was kind of interesting 
Um, and then, and then, I don't know if anybody know this, but I'm going to say it because I was there. Jimmy was going to work on the trailer, and I said, "You want some help?" He goes, "Nah, I got to figure some things out." I'm like, "I could stick around and help you." He goes, "Nah, five o'clock. We're doing a screening of the TV show on Zoom." And I'm like, "Oh, okay. <laughs> I can't be here for that." <laughs> so I got the inside scoop. I was the first to know. Just saying. Oh, um, that's <laughs> yeah. Unless you've been around any of those guys who who, yeah. uh, who have, have given away little, or you're like, you didn't see what I just showed you on my phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I didn't. Go. I didn't at all. So anyway, that was uh that was my dealer's corner. I think that's pretty good. Nice. Very cool. Were those deals hot enough for you? You got a sizzling deal that's burning a hole in your pocket? Send it in, maybe we'll read it on air. I didn't hear anything you said, Tom. No. Was that a question it's to a me? Secret. Were you talking to Tanda? It's a secret. Okay, it was, you. A, it was a secret. It's a secret. Okay, that's fine. I know what he paid. I know what he paid you. I didn't know it was you. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's okay. You're allowed to know. I'm just not putting it out there to the public. That's all I'm saying. It's a secret. So it's time for personal history. Tom, what's your personal history with rapping? When did your I've album drop? Ten. <clears throat> I've probably I've probably wrapped ten gifts in my entire life. It's not something I do. Really? I have a wife now. She does that. She likes to do it. Oh. I'm not saying I have a wife and that's what they do. I'm saying I have a wife that likes to do it. It's a big, big difference. Okay. Okay. So, so is there any yeah, any so, out of out of the ten presents? Is there anyone that sticks no, out? No, I have one. I have one bit of personal history with wrapping paper. Actually, it's not. Nope. It's a tip from wallpaper that I used on carpeting a a box. It's not even wrapping paper. I got nothing. You carpeted a box that was a gift? Yeah, like, um, no. No, we used, like, subwoofer carpet to carpet a uh, a box, uh, a rolling cart. You, you used sound subwoofer? For sound deadening? Sub, subwoofer? Is that, is that yeah. a, a... Subwoofer. T- subwoofer? Yeah, woofer. <laughs> heavy, heavy on There's the woo. O's. Yeah. There's two O's. <laughs> I'm not going to change my ways. Uh, yeah, we use subwoofer. That's car- for a low dog. To, uh, do the- something. But uh, well, now everybody wants to know the tip. So if you if you're doing a corner, and you fold the pieces over each other, and then you cut, you know, like your 45 degree cut over both pieces, and then simply peel away the pieces that don't belong there anymore, you get a perfect seat. For an That's, inside corner. Yeah. yeah. Or outside, either Any, one. Any anything. Yeah. yeah. Top corner if it's wrapping around the top. All, all the corners. All the corners. All, the, all of the corners. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a general purpose tip. It works on all corners, even the curved ones. <laughs> what about you, Tanda? What's your personal history with wrapping? I don't know that yeah, anything terribly notable except for the fact that uh, I, I certainly wrapped presents as a kid um, to give to, to other folks. But I remember, and this would have been when I was in junior high school, um, when my dad got remarried. And my stepmother was really, um, I don't know, strict about how things got wrapped. There was like a way you should wrap gifts. Um, And I think about her now every time I wrap a gift because, (coughs) you know, I do it just like she showed me how to do it, you know, properly, um, which I don't know is worth describing. But it's you know it's just a, it's a good way to wrap a gift and and to fold the one end and then set it on that end while you're doing the other end um, is a little tip that's I would guess that most people know. But as a junior high schooler, maybe I you know just wasn't something someone had showed me. And uh, but it's one of those things that it just makes you think of a specific person. If somebody taught you how to do something or somebody gave you some tip or had some quirky little expression that they said every time you did some particular thing and it just kind of sticks with you and you think of that person every time you do that thing. And that's that's just one of those things. It always reminds me of my stepmom showing me that you have to wrap a paper uh, or wrap the wrapping paper around a gift in a particular way. And then we did the other thing around wrapping that is just kind of something I remember 
is we owned a dress shop when I was young, and we had like a little gift wrapping station, and we had a bow maker, and that was always really cool because you could just feed in the different kinds of ribbon that you wanted and then spin it, and it would make bows. So you just had all the different ribbon, and you could just make bows out of any color that you wanted to match the, the paper or the gift or whatever the customer's choice was. And that was just a f- interesting little mechanism to me as a kid. It, it seems to me like that's something that Eric over at Hand Tool Rescue should find and restore, like an antique bow maker. It's it's one of those things that there it that there was like a commercial one that was really nice, but then there was like the Ronco bow maker that was like the plastic super cheesy variant of that <laughs> same sort of thing years later. Mm-hmm. So. Which but one did you have? That's what I remember. It was it was nice. Um, you know, I mean, it was it was durable. It was kind of a commercial thing that they would use to make bows with by hand. I'm sure there were mass production versions, but it was a military grade bow maker, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's what you want. You know, you want it overbuilt, especially for something like that. And the enemy suspects it less if it's gift wrapped. <clears throat> That's very true. That's how they got the Trojan horse through the walls. It was there was a big bow <coughs> that um, they didn't have a bow maker back then. Though they they well the bow maker was a guy, you know, and he's like you know go get Charles the bow maker. We need to make sure they'll take this horse. Yeah, you know, or or uh, well I don't know. They were weren't they Greek? It was who were they? I can't. It was the Trojan? <laughs> his, his name was probably like Polyopolis or something. Probably wasn't Charles. Stephanopolis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Stephanopolis. It was one of the Opolises. One of the Opolis brothers. He was the bow maker. Maybe it was two brothers. Is it Opolises or is it Opoli? Yes. Uh, I don't know. Did they have eight arms or was it just the two arms? Well, I don't know. It's sometimes hard to hold all of the little pieces of ribbon. Well, I mean, this is an ancient times where people had more limbs. Could have been both. It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. But uh, as for me, it seems like I have the most experience here. Uh, There was a gift wrapping war uh, when I was young. Uh, It started, I want to say I was about 12. And my father took it upon himself to start wrapping my presents in such a way that I couldn't open them. Let me give you an example. Uh, I've mentioned before that my dad had an electronic shop before I was born. So he had all kinds of electronic stuff. He had wiring. And uh, if you're familiar with making things uh, with with electrical wire, uh, the little 5-volt signal lines are typically two different colors. And it'll be like white with orange, and it'll be striped, like a really thin candy cane. Or it'll be green and white striped, or blue and white striped. Or there'll be some sort of stripey Mm -hmm. pattern. Well, he decided it was a good idea to take one of his spools of wire and wrap it around the present, but not just wrap it straight, like you're winding up like string. He would wrap it and then pivot it and then tie a knot and then wrap it again. Like he basically it looked like a stained glass spider had wrapped my present in wire. (laughs) And then he gives it to me and he's like, here you go, open it. And I don't have like any bolt cutters or I'm 12. Okay, I have nothing. I have nothing to open this with. And he's just laughing his off. He's like, oh yeah, you know. So this started the war. So I then I booby trapped his present the next year, and this went on for several years. uh, And the crescendo of now he always managed to get my presents open, no matter how I booby trapped it or made it like I wrapped it in paper mache. I did all these things. He always managed to get it open. So the final straw that broke him, and I will say this, I broke my father because he said, he said, no more, no more of these presents. This was it. So I found, I I figured, okay, the ultimate is a decoy. I I need to give him a present that actually isn't a present. The actual present would be in a different box. I gave him something that was basically the size of a cereal box, but at the core of this box was a rotten apple, okay? The rotten apple was wrapped in newspaper. Then inside the newspaper was something else disgusting, which I can't even remember what it was. Then inside that was ferret hair. I ha- or ferret fur. Ferret fur. 
I had a ferret, okay, at the time, and he would shed, and you had to clean it up. So I stored it. I saved. This is planning. I saved this. This is like eight months of ferret fur that I'd saved, and then I stuffed this box with it. And then I put like, and, and just kept going. And then I paper mache it. Then I put more ferret hair in. Then I put some more like, like rotten grapes. Like I did all this stuff. And he, I gave it to him for Christmas. And I've, I never forget this. We're at my uncle's house. And he's talking to my uncle, trying to act all slick. He's like, you got to open it in a way that they're not going to figure. So he starts at the corner and he starts opening. And as soon as he opens it up, like the ferret fur comes out and it smells really bad. He's like, ah, nah, nah, I'm not. Ah, ah. And then he just stopped. He wouldn't even open it up the rest of the way. And I was just <laughs> laughing so hard. I'm like, I got you. I got you. You thought you were going to get me, but you were wrong. And so he just, he's like, I'm not taking this. He said, I don't care what's in there. <laughs> so then once he admitted <laughs> defeat, then I gave him his present, which was like this little tiny, like, six by six box and i'm like here this one's not booby trap and then that was that was it like he called the truce he's like all right no more no more of the no more present wrapping war but that was um that went on for like six or seven years it went on for quite a while so anyway that's funny uh on to the classical wrapping i don't remember anybody teaching me how to wrap but i do think my mother taught me to fold when you're when you're initially folding the paper over the box and the two edges have to meet i'm pretty sure it was her that told me to take one edge and fold it under so that there was a smooth edge on mm -hmm. top so i remember that but then all the rest of it i think was just me i think that me and my brother sort of developed this system because we were very meticulous about this kind of stuff and for some reason we got into this contest of who could wrap something with the least amount of scotch tape? Because you could use like this, you know, tons of scotch tape, and it looks ugly. We wanted to have the, like the invisible tape and as little as possible. So basically, it looked like it just showed up perfectly wrapped with no tape holding it together. And we got it down to there were certain presents we could wrap with one piece of tape, but the average box was three, three pieces of scotch tape. And then the other thing that I did, which he didn't do, is the wrapping paper always has a design on it. And for some reason, I thought it was hilarious. Oh, I know what it was. Remember the advent calendars where it was, you know, it was like a little door you pulled open and there was something behind mm -hmm. it. You know, I, I don't you know, whatever was back there. There was a lot of those where the doors didn't have... A picture on them it was just like a like a flat design like it looked like wrapping paper and there was just a door shape and you just pulled it open and then inside there was something there and for some reason that impressed on me so i like the idea of being able to pull open a flap and see something else be there so anytime i wrap and i still do this today when i wrap something i take a piece of the wrapping paper and i match it up to the top of the present perfectly i cut it into a square and then i tape it down so that it is and i tape it in such a way so that the paper lies completely flat so if you were to look at the present it looks like there's no tag at all but if you run your hand over it then eventually it would catch and then it would flip up and it would say like you know to tom from pj you know um and so that was how i always did all of my name tags i, I never liked using the regular printed to and from tags that you would get because I just, I didn't think they had <coughs> enough style. And the fact that I could hide it on the present, like in plain sight to me was, I don't know, I had some sort of fixation with it. Um, but I still do it. Still do it. I, My I, would, I would say that I could wrap any, any present with just one piece of tape. Yeah. I mean, I'm, the secret, the secret's not cutting the tape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess I should my, uh, rephrase that. My mom that. had a pair of scissors that would, um, she had a pair of scissors that had like, it would leave an edge on a, when you cut, it would leave like a, Zigzag. a triangle. Pinking, pinking yeah, shears. Oh gosh, I don't know. Why, yeah. And she would cut up every year's Christmas cards and use those as name tags. So all the Christmas cards around the house, she would cut up and just like cut out a little square of the picture and then use the backside of that 
for name tags for the next year and so on. We always had a bag of those that we had to go through. That's, That's a good idea. Neat, uh, recycling idea to kind of take something and pass it forwards. I think we were poor. I don't remember being poor, but I think we might have been, and that's part of that. Or it was just the '80s, and that's everyone was poor. <laughs> if you if you're really poor, you, did, you use the back you use the backside of the did. card as well. <clears throat> and so instead of yeah. like a pretty picture on your tag, it just says 37% recycled paper. Oh, it wasn't recycled back then. <laughs> 37%. That was virgin paper. Yeah, I, I think that that's something back then. That's just what you did. Like I remember, I remember my right. mom's friends coming over, and we would make these <clears throat> little. How do I describe this? They're they're like little Christmas wreaths that are the size of donuts, and you took like a cotton ball, and you would cut like a circle of material that was maybe I don't know um, three inches across. And you would sew, like run a run a needle and thread around the outside edge of that. You put the cotton ball in, and then you mm -hmm. cinch it closed, and you had like yep. a ball. And then you string all those together, and then you know um, tie a knot, and then it's you have this wreath of balls with. We would always there would always be like some sort of Christmas themed material, like it would have hollies and berries, or it'd have like uh, little Santas or whatever it was on there, and like her. Her friends would come over and they would sit at the kitchen table and make these things, and I, like I I did it a couple years, and then they would go on the tree, and those were the Christmas decorations. You know, like that's that's just something you did back then. You know, it's not like it is now. It's like now you want you want a Christmas decoration, you three D print it, you know, or you burn it on a laser like Derek from Malden. You know, so that's 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 like <laughs> nowadays. That's what you do. Yeah. Derek was made on a laser? That's what I heard. Never realized that. It, it's very tricky with the beard hair, but yeah, I've, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, and you wouldn't think you could hang him on a tree. Pretty good-sized guy. Oh, it's, yeah. it's just his head. It's just his head. Oh, okay. That's weird. Yeah, it's, it says Derek is my homeboy. Yeah, making, making ornaments and making little things was always a thing around the holidays. And and getting together with a bunch of friends to make holiday goodies was also a thing. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. you made big batches of things and then you would share. So you get together with like two or three friends and all make your favorite recipes. And then everybody has, uh, you know, like nine different things to put on their holiday plate. Three things from everybody that came to the big make-off thing. Man, how long has it been since that's happened? It's a long time. Tom's shaking his head like it's never yeah. happened. No, I still right. get my friend and daughter would still do it a little bit. My my holiday thing is peanut brittle. I like making peanut brittle over the holidays and and usually don't throughout the rest of the year. I I don't remember who it was. It was one of my relatives, but <coughs> whenever there was the Christmas gathering, someone always brought fruit cake, and I was I never had any. Like every time I saw it, I'm like, no, no, something's horribly wrong. I don't want it. I don't know. It's too many colors. Something's happening here. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to leave it there. Well, shucky darn, I think it's time for one of them old timey commercial energy loops and stuff. Are you excited for Christmas gifts? Is the anticipation killing you? Well, Johnson's now carries Xmas X-Ray gift goggles. Put on these perfectly safe X-Ray goggles and peer right through wrapping paper everywhere. Safe for kids, pets, and anyone else not wearing them. Xmas X-Ray gift goggles only work on gift wrap and gift bags. So get ready to act surprised and get yourself a pair of Xmas X-Ray gift goggles in the gift wrap aisle for $19.99.99 at Johnson's. Johnson's is not responsible for injuries incurred due to tripping over loose wrapping paper. Paper cuts can still occur while wearing the goggles. Do not leave goggles on for more than 37 seconds. For more information, go to patreon.com forward slash makerskills. What the heck, nabbit? I need to get me one of them. Anyone know what street Patreon is on? I need to go. All right, it's time for crossbreeding. Tanda, what skill goes well with wrapping? 
Hmm. Rhyming. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Rhyming goes well with rapping. Tom's answer is rhyming. I will accept that. Rhyming is definitely a skill. But, Tanda, you Woo-hoo. still have to give an answer. You the can't Christmas take Tom's. Christmas Miracle. Oh, man. Um, I'm going to say estimating. Mm, the estimating. Well, that's definitely right. a skill. Yeah, I'll agree with that. For true. sure. It's true, true, true. PJ? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ninja on this one. I'm gonna say hiding, because uh, once those presents are wrapped, you got to be able to hide them. You don't want them to be found because people will unwrap them. So you got to be good at hiding stuff. That's, oh that's, yeah. You know. That's yeah, I've a, heard they've got goggles for that now. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 Because you never know. So if you're not good at hiding stuff, there, then those presents aren't going to be presents for long. That's all I'm saying. This was made on the fly. I hope you like it. So, of course, it is the holiday season. We're doing our holiday episode a little early, but it reminds me of that time the three of us got together to build that, I think it was supposed to be a shed in in the backyard that that client hired us and said they were going to provide all the building materials and and when we got there, uh, well, it wasn't what we were used to working with. I can't remember exactly mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. was there. Tanda, do you? I remember there was gingerbread, gigantic. There, there sheets was definitely of... gingerbread because yeah. uh, I think that was part of the misunderstanding was that shed and and bread, you know, and so yeah. we were pretty sure we were going to build a build a shed. But, but all of all of but, our materials a shed were for a food. Ginger. What's that? I thought it was a shed for a ginger, but that wasn't... I, I, I can't read good. Um, I just remember it being so cold at that house. It was just very bitterly cold, and to work in that environment, and then to work with those materials again. What were those materials? Do you remember? Well, I mean, there were those giant poles made out of sugar. I mean, I, I swear they mm. were candy canes, but they were just way too big to be candy canes. You know, they, they, right. it was like, they were like thicker than baseball bats. I mean, who, who I don't know why he thought that we were going to work with that kind of, I mean, I, it's not, it's not, you can't staple that stuff. You can't nail it. You, you nail it, it shatters. I mean, the best you could do is glue it. And all he had for glue was frosting. Uh, yeah. I think one of the biggest, biggest wins was when we discovered you could just lick them and then stick them together. Right. I mean, yeah. Jesus, if they, if they got a little bit wet then you could kind of stick them together like glue. Yeah, and that's when Tom's tongue got stuck to the one, don't you remember? And then it took us hours to get him off of it. Well, guys, to, I guess there's as good a time as any to tell you it wasn't stuck. It, it was a candy cane. He, it was delicious. He was eating our materials. Oh, yeah. That makes more and sense. And I didn't want to work. I didn't feel like working, so I was like, oh, my tongue's stuck while I lick this delicious So that whole time you were cane. just like, ah, uh, ah. Uh. You you yep. were you were just pretty much eating candy canes. I should have much. And PJ known. and I were building building the rest of this place. Uh huh. And shooing away all of the deer. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I mean, the reindeer were not really like. I wouldn't say I had to shoo them away, but I mean, I did throw some gingerbread like off into the woods to get them to follow it. But it seemed like they were used to being around it. Like that basically was like they were just watching me throw it. I, I don't know. Eventually, they wandered off. But I mean, they seemed very wandered. Tame. Yeah, you're just gonna call it wandered off. Yeah, they flew. I mean, they left the ground. <laughs> I mean, small they, amounts. It was falling with style. I mean, it was like a big leap. I wouldn't really say they were flying. They just. Well, I thought. You know. I thought they were flying. I mean, it was only a couple inches off the ground, and I mean, we had could... a lot of candy, so. A lot of sugar. I mean, don't you remember oh, when Tom? Up. Yeah, Tom was hopped up on sugar. Don't you remember him running around jumping over those snow lobes? I mean, yeah, he was he wasn't flying. Well, not for long. He face planted like at least three times. He was actually higher up than the deer. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, I think I okay. So we we did manage to get 
a structure built. I have to say, though, out of everything, probably what I feel the most proud about are the gumdrop lights. I think that we really did an amazing job. Those were beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Out, out of everything, I'm not. I'm not proud of the the thing we built. I, I don't think that was very good. But the lights really kind of struck it. You know, like you could you could see those for far, like for far. Like when we were driving away, I could still see them. I couldn't see the guy's house, but I saw the gumdrop lights. Those I things were massive. That, that, that guy was weird. I'd I'd yeah. be okay without ever seeing his house again. What was his name? Red um, jumpsuit was a little much. Yeah. Well, I I, I mean, it, we weren't in Jersey. I mean, there it's normal, but you know, this was this yeah. Was this guy was cold. This was up north. Yeah. Can't do that up north. Not well. I don't know. He looked he looked out of place, but at the same time, like he should have been there. I don't know how to explain it. It was it was really bizarre. But I mean, mm, I don't know, what, know mean, what an Italian was doing that far up there. I do remember that his last name was like uh it was like Santini something like that. It was it, it was definitely it might have been Sicilian. I I don't know. It, it could have been uh it could have been either or, but yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. We we well, we I, guy though. I oh we, yeah, no, definitely. He was a saint. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I go that far, but he paid us, so that's that's, you know, we 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 did what we were hired to do. That's all I can say. He did pay us? That was he did pay us. It uh, did you guys get your money in a sock? It was more like I a did. boot. It was it was like a thick boot. I I, I don't know. It wasn't really a sock. Cloth boot. It was soft, yeah. Boot. It was it was like he tried to make socks to match his suit, and they were like boot size. They were huge. It was like a boot and so liner. He's probably like a thinking boot about liner. it. He yeah. probably was just pawning them off on us because they, you know, were were a mistake. He probably went back and made some properly sized socks to go with his outfit later. I don't know these were first pass. Yeah, definitely. And it didn't smell like they'd been used, so that was. I mean, mine had my name sewn into it. I mean, he took, he put in effort here. I I, I got to ask you guys something because I I didn't really talk about it <laughs> afterwards, but I mean, I I appreciated being paid in gold coins, but did were your guys gold coins made of chocolate? Like, was it just gold foil? Because mine was mine was chocolate. Mine mine was just little blobs of gold and there was chocolate all stuck on the inside of the boot liner oh were they were they coins at one time mine were coins yeah oh man Tom? i probably should i probably shouldn't have put mine over the fire oh yeah that that i mean i don't know move. if mine were chocolate i i ate mine but i don't remember if they were i didn't i, I didn't wrap unwrap anything you ate you, you just ate the coins whole without unwrapping them. Was it kind of yeah. scratchy the next day? A little bit, but yeah. you, know, you do what you got to do. I think Tom was still hopped up on sugarcane. Little bit, little bit. I needed yeah. I needed some substance, and I thought that was a good option. Yeah, it's a pretty good gig, though. I mean, yeah, not the worst. Look. Not the worst place we've worked. No, definitely. I mean, the drive the drive was kind of long. But uh, it was worth That's it. True. Nice guy, though. He visits. He, I, I don't know if he visits you guys, but he visits me every year around this time of year. Oh, yeah. No, he still comes back. and uh, it's He's very grateful for the... Uh, I mean, I guess it was a gingerbread house we made. That's really what we made. Or a he shed. Yeah. 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 Yeah, a gingerbread house. Right. Mm-hmm. That's where you store all your bread. Right. Outside when it's cold. And I know his hair was white, but it could have been red at one time. That's true. There's no telling. I mean, he was an elderly guy. Um, was. Yeah. Yeah. So, he, but hey, he was friendly, right? Was yeah. Kind of, kind of jolly. A little bit. Yeah, I miss him. I don't. Hung around with that guy too long, and I have diabetes. Yeah, sure they made something. 
They made it all up. All right, it's time for short and sweet. Tom, do you have anything to wrap up the show? Oh, you always go to me first when I'm not thinking about anything. All right, Tom, forget um, about it. Tanda, Tanda, do you have anything right. to wrap up the show? Tom can't think. Um, short and sweet. Yeah, follow uh, follow Saint Nicholas on Instagram. Mm. Is he on Instagram? Oh yeah, he's everywhere. Are Are we talking about Chad again? They're not the same person. Well, well, no. Chad's Chad's name starts with a C. Saint Nick starts with an S. They're definitely not the same person. No. Oh. Well, don't yeah, don't don't follow him on Instagram. Then, don't follow him in general. I tried to follow him one year, see where he went. I stepped in something. Oh. Was was it was it mushy? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I fell down in the snow. It was, yeah. it was a mess. All right. Words to live by. Don't don't follow strangers, people. Uh, Tom, did you figure out what you wanted to say? No, I got nothing. My life has been a little bit of uh, a mess the last couple of weeks. We we've had so much illness coming through our house, and on top of that, there's been so much COVID around the school that my kid has literally been home for two weeks, not sick. Um, but keeps getting messages saying you need to go get tested. He's been home and got tested, had to get tested twice in order to go back to school. It just keeps getting delayed. It's been really oh, annoying. And for, I mean, I'm not like upset that this has to happen. I'm upset that the world is the way it is and it sucks. But, uh, as you can tell, I'm, I'm sick now and it's just been, it's been a roller coaster, and I haven't been making anything and I'm frustrated and the holidays are coming and I'm not. Like, I'm not really, like, down and out. I just I just want to get back to normal. I'm anxious to get back to normal. It's not like a pity party. It's just... Well, and it, ugh, and it kind of was for a while. We got, like, a little reprise, I guess, or something. It felt like it. Yeah. And then something comes up and just kind of reminds you it's not normal again. Right, right. We, so, I, I, if anybody's feeling frustrated and annoyed, you're not alone. We're all in this together still, and it's going to be fine, but sometimes it sucks more than others. My, my day job got bought by another company, which is kind of cool, because it's a cool company oh, really? to, work, to work for. Oh, can you yeah. talk about it? Can you tell us? So I now, yeah, it's, it's all over the news as of yesterday, but I now work for Rocket Lab, which is oh. kind of co- cool. Is that Elon? You work for Elon? No, 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 no. But probably uh, second only to SpaceX in where they're at in terms of uh, launch capabilities non, and non-NASA public company non non-government company launching things into space. So pretty cool. So is there going to be like cool. some some shifty changes there at your place, or is it everything that's going to stay the same? No, I don't know. I think they and they bought us for our capabilities. Um, yeah. So they want to be able to have the full full gambit of make the parts, make the vehicles, do the launches, run the applications that are in space. So that's cool. That's Very cool. Fun place to be. I I caught a tiny bit of there was a thing on the news about that telescope that they're sending like down near the sun. I can't mm-hmm. remember what it's called. Parker Solar Probe? I guess. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, it's like uh, $33 billion, and it's supposed to operate for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I just, I was thinking about that, and I'm like, <coughs> um, I don't think there's any 10-year-old out there that's run through $33 billion. Um, it, it seems like <laughs> there something's Oh, no, that's managed. that's from like 40 to 50. You know, that's not from zero to 10. Oh, oh, yeah. Gotcha. Well, that makes more sense. That makes more sense. Well, yeah. uh, was that it? Did you have something else? No, those are those are our panels. Okay. Well, so that's what cool. You got, PJ? Uh, as for me, this is this is uncharacteristic, but I'm going to recommend a holiday movie. And I'm not big on holiday movies. Just I'm not. 
I like I like the holidays as far as like they're they have some good qualities, but I'm not big on the music, not big on the sappy movies, um, not big on the people driving crazy trying to hit my truck while I'm out running my errands today. You know those kind of things, not so much. But there's a movie on Netflix called A Boy Called Christmas, and it's a very interesting take on the origin of Christmas that is it's an original story to my knowledge like I've never heard anything like this particular story before and it really kind of hits you in all the right spots so it's a great Hmm. family movie Uh, it's sort of told in Princess Bride style where it's like a couple of kids that are being told the story by their aunt and then they keep flashing back and forth between the aunt telling the story and the actual story and it's got a lot of you know really uh i don't know it's it's just a good story so i highly recommend it if you want something to watch um kid friendly it's kid well yeah it's a kid's movie but i mean even if you're an adult you're gonna enjoy it it's like no 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 i just mean it's kid friendly also yeah it's totally kid friendly there's there's no um There's no, no bad stuff in there. Right. And I want to thank, of course, our top Patreon supporters, very own Tanda <coughs> and Creator Nader. And I'd like to encourage all of you out there to become a Patreon supporter for the holiday season, you know, because we would like to holiday hire an editor. Just saying. It'd be nice. That's my Christmas wish. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Maker Skills. If you should need more skill information, you can find us on Instagram at maker.skills. You can also email us at makerskillspodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at PJ Galati, son of the junk hunter on Instagram and YouTube. You can find Tanda at Tanda Madison on Instagram. And you can find Tom at Infinite Craftsman on Instagram. We welcome any comments. Please leave us five-star reviews on Apple so that we can make more skill madness come your way. See you next time.